keep talking about faith for finances. I know it's encouraging my faith and I trust it's encouraging your faith. And boy, we need to keep our faith high. High for finances right now. Not just because of church sales and things like that, but because of uh, things going on in the world, economy. And we need a strong foundation where finances are concerned. So when something shakes, we don't shake. We talked about last last week about the man that built his house upon the rock. And the very same storm came to him that came to the man who had built his house upon the sand. But one stood and one didn't. And we have to build a foundation of the Word of God or, or we will fall in, in, in tumultuous times when things were bad. Somebody talked to me today about the collapse of the dollar. I personally don't put a lot of stock in things like that. But, you know, if it collapses, we won't. God won't collapse. Hallelujah. And, you know... We, we're going to be using something to barter with, aren't we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, you know, don't put a lot of, don't spend your time and waste your time thinking about things like that. Spend your time building a foundation in God, and then you don't have to think about things like that a great deal, you know? And people will be amazed at how secure and peaceful and non-worried you are. But some people feed on those kind of programs. I will tell you this before I get started tonight. This is just a little wisdom for you. But I put no credence in ministers who are selling something. And I'm not talking about their CDs and tapes. I don't have any problem with that or a book. But when they're selling food for you to store up, when they have an interest in it, you know... I just like, I'm not, I'm not listening to you because I don't know if you want to sell me food or you really have heard from God. So you can just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that they just, they ruined their credibility with me. So I want to listen to people that aren't selling, you know, and, and uh, I love ministries like, uh, that have a heart to give. Brother Copeland is, you know, just gives and gives and gives and gives. And they're such a, uh, uh, and uh, Andrew Womack, if you don't have the money for CDs, they'll send them to you free, you know. And uh, I just have a great respect for ministries like that. Now, of course, they do sell things sometimes, but, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But we send, we personally out of this church, we send hundreds of dollars worth of CDs all the time, just, you know, sowing them out there into people. Pastor has his healing book. He sows that a lot into people. When uh, my dad is, now that's one thing my dad does. Uh, if somebody gets cancer in Seminole that he knows, they're getting a Michael Billings book. And so far, <coughs> there's been two men in Seminole uh, that have, have professed that that book healed them. And I, who are we to argue with them? You know, we're kind of like, you know, it's, we're tempted sometimes. We preach this message. Y'all, y'all go out and declare this message. We sometimes are tempted to be surprised when it worked, you know, but we shouldn't be that way. But one of them was, uh, uh, Collins football coach when he was in middle school. He, he, was given a book and professed healing. And then one of them uh, lived behind us. I mean, I'm sure he didn't really know us. Everybody in town knows my dad. He is just one of those people that everybody knows him. Everybody likes him, you know. And uh, so, but he 
he's on the city council. He's a banker. You know, he's just well known in this town of 8,000 people or 7,000, however many, however you want to count it. And so, uh, but they didn't know us from Adam, really. And so he lived behind us. So daddy gave him a book and he talked to Michael on the phone the other day and gave him a testimony of how he's healed of cancer. And then another one of dad's friends down in Marble, no, no, down in San Antonio, close to San Antonio, outside of San Antonio, used to live in Seminole. He got a book from my dad. And now him and there, Michael and him are calling each other all the time. Pastor is calling him and he calls pastor. And it's like, he, he don't understand why we won't come to San Antonio and see him and, and stay at his house. It's like, well, it's a long way, you know. But anyway, uh, but he is surviving and overcoming cancer and just thriving. And they live in this book, him and his wife, every morning, the, the healing medicine from the Bible book. Thank you, Jesus. So it's awesome to get to sow the word is awesome, isn't it? Hallelujah. Whether you do it with mini books like Lawrence and Kathleen, they give away thousands and thousands of mini books. That is a ministry that is awesome, just awesome. Hallelujah. And maybe you do it with mini books also. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about tonight walking in the fullness of the blessing. And I'm sure uh, for a few years ago, Brother Copeland started preaching on the blessing. And I, I didn't actually hear that. Uh, I take, I, I guess I was kind of on a leave of absence from watching Believer's Voice of Victory when he did that. So, but I have kept, I have studied up on it because you hear them refer to the blessing, the blessing. Romans 15, 20, 15, 29. So we will, uh, talk about tonight the blessing. Hallelujah. It's not just a cl cliche to say, well, I'm blessed. How are you doing? I'm blessed. Uh, it's not a cliche. Hallelujah. It's actually, uh, for a Christian to think they're not blessed is wrong. Romans 15, 29. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. The fullness of the blessing. We need to think about that little term there. The Good News Bible says, I shall come with a full measure of the blessing. When we go somewhere, we go with the full measure of the blessing with us. And we're going to, we're going to find that in Scripture and find out why that is. That word fullness in the Greek is the word pleroma, P-L-E-R-O-M-A. And it means to be filled up, to be full to be full of the blessing, to be complete, to be fully furnished and liberally supplied in blessing. Philippians 4.19, let's go there. This is a very familiar scripture to you. I'm sure you quote this all the time. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Amplified says, my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, Fill to the full. There we have that fullness there. Your every need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So it's not just uh, barely meet your need, barely supply your need. It's fill to the full. Fill to the full. And we remember the fullness there was complete to be fully furnished, liberally supplied. God is a generous God. 
Hallelujah. To fill to the tops so that nothing is wanting. To fill to the brim so that nothing is lacking. Nothing lacking. Hallelujah. I like that. Nothing lacking. An example of that would be a ship that is fully manned with sailors, rowers, and soldiers, and fully loaded with supplies, freight, and merchandise. I know I've said this before. I've heard other people say it. When my ship comes in. Well, your ship's already in, and it's fully supplied. Hallelujah. Fully supplied, loaded. Hallelujah. We may need to learn how to unload it, but it's there. It's ours. It belongs to us. The, the, the word pleroma there in the Greek, we get our English word plethora. I don't know if that's, that's not a word I use a lot, is it, y'all? No, but I know what it means. But plethora is overabundance, excessive amount, or superabundance. Hallelujah. We need to think in those terms. We need to train our mind to think uh, overabundance, supplied. I'm fully supplied. I have excess. I, am, I have a superabundance in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin used to say this, if you're believing for a certain amount, say you need to pay your taxes, you know, that's coming up right away. You may have to pay some taxes. And um, I like how our accountant did it. If we sent our taxes in, he figured it. And uh, he called pastor and he said, sit down. Uh, be sitting down. And then he told pastor a figure, and it seemed so little. After he said that, I'm thinking, oh, my word, you know. But after he said all that, and then he said the figure, I'm like, well, that's nothing. <laughs> I thought, well, boy, that worked good on me. But <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God, you know. And uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> you know. And But it did show the difference between how we think and how they think. And you know what? If we buy our foundation correctly, when we run on to these things where somebody said, you know, that car repair is going to cost this. You know, it's like, well, that's nothing. We don't think like the world. I can do that. God will supply that. It'll be there. It'll be there when we need it. Hallelujah. So we need to have this plethora, overabundance, superabundance, uh, excessive amount. You know, we say, my God supplies all my need according to his riches in glory. Why would we faint when an accountant gives us a, an amount or the car repair store gives us an amount? Or they come and inspect your house and they find termites. Why would we just, oh my word. And we said he'd supply our need. Do you think he knew there were termites? Do you think he knew your clutch was going to go out? Do you think he knew what the taxes would be? Yeah, he knew last year what your taxes would be this year. Hallelujah. In fact, when he went to the cross, he paid the price for everything. Jehovah Jireh, the God that looks ahead and supplied all of your need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God's never surprised by it. We may be surprised, but he's not surprised. He's not surprised. Hallelujah. Already made a way. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Let's go there. Right over here in the very first book of the Bible. You think God has it figured out? The very first book of the Bible, He's got it figured out. He is smart. Verse 27, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. 
And God blessed them and God said unto them, now he's fixing to give some instructions here, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the every living thing that removeth upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. So right from the beginning, right from the beginning, the very first words that every, a human ear heard, the very first words that man heard were blessing words. Did you see that? He blessed them. Verse 28. And so he blessed them. He spoke the blessing. That was the very first thing God said to man. I bless you. He blessed them. Hallelujah. That's good. And then the blessing empowered them. That was the empowerment they needed to follow out God's instructions. And the purpose, that was the purpose of the blessing, was that they could do these things. What? Be fruitful. Hallelujah. You know, John 15 talks about bearing fruit. Now, sometimes we just think that that, that just meant have kids. And that was a big priority then. Because there was nobody else, you know, there was nobody around, so we need some people here, you know. And so, uh, but um, he said, be fruitful. And so in every area, read John 15, meditate on it. It talks about more fruit and bearing fruit and much fruit. And it talks about the purpose of prayer. God wants to answer our prayer because he wants to bear fruit. He wants us to bear fruit and he wants us to be praying the right prayers so that we can bear fruit. Okay, and then multiply. And you know there's more than one way to multiply than having kids. I'm through multiplying that way. Are you, I don't want to multiply. Now, I won't, I'd take some more grandkids, but I don't want any more kids. I don't even want to adopt any, you know. You know, I feel like I, I've gotten my reward for that, and I'm ready to move on to other things. But anyway, multiply. But there's more than one way to multiply. One way to multiply is to have people born again under under your that's giving birth that's a way to give birth in and is to have people born again uh have people come into the fullness of the baptism of the holy spirit that's multiplying we increase the spirit-filled community when we do that Amen. amen so there's ways to multiply and of course there's multiplying and being fruitful financially which is what we're talking about and then number uh replenish the earth Interesting, he said replenish instead of plenish. That gives credence to the pre-Adamic race. Don't have time to go into that tonight, but you can study that. Uh, replenish. So that sounds like it had been plenished before, and now we're replenishing instead of just plenishing. And I don't know if there's such a word as plenish, but you know what I mean. The re says something. Number two, subdue the earth. Subdue the earth, This is, and then also have dominion over the earth. Subdue it. The Garden of Eden was God's perfect demonstration of His plan in the, for the planet. Evidently, you know, sometimes we think of that the whole earth was just beautiful and gorgeous, but evidently the Garden of Eden was a very beautiful, gorgeous place, <clears throat> but it was the prototype, and God intended for Adam to take these, this authority... And to, uh, hallelujah, to take this authority and to, that he was given him, this dominion, and to expand the Garden of Eden throughout the whole earth. Uh, he, it was a prototype of what he wanted the planet to look like. So Adam's job was to exercise this God-given authority and expand that garden. Hallelujah. <clears throat> 
That was what the blessing was for. And God provided Adam, the blessing provided Adam with the power to carry on the work God began at creation. He just wanted Adam to carry on. It equipped him with the divine resources he needed to follow God's example. He was to transform the uncultivated parts of the planet into a veritable garden of Eden by speaking faith-filled words. And that's what we are called to do, to take our part of the planet and speak faith-filled words over it. Start with your own yard, your house, expand to your neighborhood, and then we expand to our city, and then we expand to our county, and then we go to Alabama, and then we go to the United States. Hallelujah. And you can do all of that. You don't have to have complete control over the neighborhood. You can do that all at the same time. So, uh, and uh, praise God. Blessing, the blessing went wherever Adam went. The Garden of Eden, or the blessing, was literally inside of Adam. And now Jesus came to restore the blessing. We know when Adam fell, that was lost. And man no longer carried the blessing inside. God still blessed man, but He blessed them from the outside. And they did not have the authority to, to do things that we have the authority to do. The old covenant man, who was not born again, could not do certain things that we can even do. Hallelujah. God had to do things for them that, we, that God has requiring us to do for ourselves. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, so uh, Jesus came to restore that, though, what was lost at the fall. Jesus, just like Adam was the blessing, he had the blessing in him. The last Adam, Jesus, had the blessing in him. He carried the blessing. And we now are born again, and Jesus lives inside of us by the Holy Spirit. So guess what we've got inside of us? The blessing. The blessing. You have it on the inside of you. So we're supposed to take the blessing and use it. We don't really have to walk around calling on God and asking Him to bless us anymore. That's why I'm not opposed to the prayer of Jabez. Y'all heard there was that was big popular. I'm not really opposed to that. I don't like to nitpick a lot about stuff like that. But really, if you get down to the very nuts and bolts of it, we don't have to ask God to bless us. We're pre-blessed. Hallelujah. We don't have to ask God to bless us. Now, the blessing flows better when you're in God's will. The blessing functions better when you're in God's will. But God doesn't rip the blessing out of you on the day you mess up or get out of His will a little bit. He don't rip it out. Hallelujah. He always blesses you as far as He can. You know, as far as He can, He'll bless you. Even when you're in sin, He'll try to bless you back. You know, now he uses other methods too sometimes, but he will try to bless you. Hallelujah. Uh, we sometimes we think God turns it on and turns it off like a switch in heaven. And he doesn't do that. And he doesn't ever, you know, David prayed, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. We don't ever have to pray that. He will never take the Holy Spirit out of you. He will not rip it out of you. He would have to rip you open. You know, He will not rip the Holy Spirit out of you. You will have, the only way you can get rid, you can't even get it out by sinning. All the way you can get it out, and you can grieve the Holy Spirit, and you can quench it, but the only way you can get the Holy Spirit out of you is to renounce Jesus and be in your right mind when you do it. 
not on drugs or alcohol or even a little crazy. You know, she's just not quite all there. You know, you can't get rid of it that way. You would have to be completely mentally able. You would have to be under influence of nothing like, like drugs or alcohol. And you would have to, you have to have met, you have to qualify to get unsaved. And one of the qualifications is to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And have tasted the, the, the powers of the, of the heavenly realm, which would be the gifts of the Spirit. You have had to have experienced supernatural things. You can't get unsaved. So when the Baptists preach one saved, one always saved, it's right for them. If they're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, they can't get rid of him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. They get saved and they're always saved. Hallelujah. So, Because you have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can read that over in Hebrews. If you want to read about that and study out the qualifications for losing your salvation, that's the qualifications. That was extra tonight. But you can't, you can't sin. I don't care how bad you messed up. Now, you can be a miserable saint, and you can, and you can reap. Don't get me wrong. Sowing and reaping works, and it always works. And so you can reap some mighty awful things on this side. But when, you know, so that means, oh, man, they're in adultery. They're going to go to hell. They're going to get there fast to heaven, though. You know, she ta the Bible talks about that adulteress. She takes your very life. And you know what? Let me tell you something else about sin and adultery and, and fornication and going to a prostitute and those things. Let me tell you something. I'll, I, we, can, we can pray. You can get forgiven. No problem. Easy. Repent. Get forgiven. But getting it out of your soul, you'll spend the rest of your life with that, now we'll, so we'll say, well, God will cleanse that and He will wash it. Yes, He will. But I tell you what, there's something about the way the mind is made up, the makeup of the mind, that you will never be able to cleanse it completely out of your mind. I don't believe you can. You wish you could forget. And you, I tell you where you can go, though. You can go where there's no pain or shame. And you're not healed. If you've messed up, you had an abortion, you did whatever... You're not healed until there's no pain or shame. As long as you feel you don't want anybody to know, now I don't mean we have to broadcast it in church. I just hate those churches that, oh, you got to get up and confess it for the whole church. Oh, they loved that in Seagraves. Oh, they loved it. We always heard on, on, uh, during the week at school what our, even we were in high school and we would hear what, who confessed what at the, that church. On Sunday, well, you know that Judy lady, and I could call her name right now, you know what? She got up and confessed last Sunday, and, and you know, we all knew them, too. We knew everybody in town, oh, she confessed that. That is so wrong. Hallelujah. That is silly. But um, it's hilarious, kind of. But um, in a kind of a warped sort of way. Hallelujah. Yeah, it was yeah, Christian entertainment. Uh, but, but uh, hallelujah, what was I saying? You may, well, I don't even know what I was saying, but anyway, you need to get to the place where you don't have any pain or shame. In other words, if somebody needed help, you could say, God helped me recover from that. And you could say, yeah, I had an abortion and God helped me recover. And you don't, you, it doesn't like, I'm no so ashamed. I'm so, no, it's like, you know, you need to get to the point where that, that was the old man. I don't even, I don't hardly, I know I did, but it doesn't even feel like me. Now you can go there. Hallelujah. And you need to. 
Because until you can, it'll stand in your way. And the devil beat you up for it and everything. And it'll affect your finances. Why? Because every time you go to ask God for something, guess what the devil's going to bring up? What you did and how you did and, you know, you need to get free. Get before the Lord and get free. Tell Him, i got to get rid of this. Heal me. Heal me in my soul, Lord. Hallelujah. That's all extra. So Galatians 3.13, let's go over there. God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us after we're born again that we don't have to sin. And that's part of building our house on the rock, getting our foundation strong so when temptation comes by, it don't tempt us. Hallelujah. That's part of the reason you need strong Christian fellowship all the time. That's, what, uh, that's why it's so, one of the reasons it's very dangerous not to be faithful to church. The devil wants to get you off by yourself with no Christian fellowship, and you're going to be more easily tempted. You know, uh, but there's a, and you need to stay full of the power of the Holy Spirit, part of praying in tongues and, and prayer. You know, uh, you know, Jesus even said, uh, pray that you enter or not into temptation. He said in the Lord's Prayer, He said to uh, pray, uh, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. I pray that sometimes. I say, now Lord, lead us by paths that don't even go by temptation. Hallelujah. The Bible says to uh, when you see people doing evil to run the other way. We have the story of Joseph where he, he, that woman started. You know, a woman will go after you. And you young men that love God, and uh, you know, sometimes a woman will go after, he, they love the anointing of God on men. And besides, you look better than all them skanky guys with no morals and no sense, and you look like you might could prosper. Uh, you know, you look wealthy. You know, you got a new car. Hallelujah. So these women are going after you, you know. And, and uh, I wore myself out fighting women off a of calling. I did. And, uh, hallelujah. Uh, I just hid, I just locked Eric in his room. I didn't even fight. I started fighting. I just locked, locked the door on his room after he got after school. Not really. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, go the other way. Joseph, when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and everything, he ran, left his coat. She, she was holding on to his coat and he slipped one arm out and ran for the hills. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about when that no temptation comes to you that God doesn't provide a way of escape. You are without excuse. There was a way of escape. There was a way of escape. Don't hang around with people with bad morals that are doing bad things because you don't think you'll slip into it, but you will. It is so easy to start doing what they do. It start easy. First of all, you start out by you start listening to their music. I don't know why I'm preaching to the youth tonight. Uh, you know, I'm pre- but you start out, you start listening to their music. And, uh, and that'll get you in trouble because music's sensual. And it will draw you. You know what, even if you don't understand the words. I've never, I, I hear really well, but for some reason, musical words eluded me. And I was very innocent and very... In, I was innocent, and I didn't know a lot of those songs in the oldies were talking about drugs. <laughs> I didn't know it was about drugs, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like, I'm not, you know, you think that song, One Toke Over the Line, that's sweet Jesus? That's talking about Jesus. <laughs> no. <huh? laughs> I, was, I didn't know what a toke was. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and we're going back to a blessing. <laughs> you got the blessing inside of you. You don't need that stuff. You are so blessed, you don't need that. Hallelujah. And the worst thing you can get is a bad woman. I just preach to the guys because there's mostly guys here tonight that are youth. You don't need no bad woman. Hallelujah. Praise God. Galatians 3, 13. You don't need oh, the prettiest girl in school because she'll think she is. That is, I'm telling you. Get somebody that's just average. That's my, I'm telling you, you'll be better off. Get you a good-hearted woman. Get, I told Eric, find somebody that adores you. And then, and it adores your mother. <laughs> I did. You, you think I'm lying. But he was dating a girl where at one time it was all about her. It's like, this is what I want for my birthday. And then we came to his birthday, she'd bake him a cookie. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, that's sweet and domestic and all. But you know, what she wanted came from Saks. And I'm like, you need to find somebody that adores you. And, uh, you know, he did. He found one that adored him. And I don't know how she feels about his mother, but how I did tell him that. Find one that adores your mother. One thing about it, don't find one that hates your mother. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Genesis 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing, say the blessing, of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Verse 29, if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I say, I am Christ, I am Christ. and I am an heir, and I am heir. Of, the blessing. of the blessing. Amen. You have the blessing. Okay, right there the word redeem in the Greek means to buy back, to buy out, to clear by payment. Jesus did the paying. He paid the price. Hallelujah. To free a person from captivity by paying a ransom. So we have been freed. You know, Brother Hagen has a little book. And I don't know if you have it. It's not a mini book. We don't have it here because it's bigger than a mini book. But it's still a little book. And it's called Redeem from the Curse of Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. You ought to have that book in your faith library. And, you know, good way to get books is get order from Amazon. You know, you can... You know, it's just it's just a good way to get, get books. So get that little book. You can buy it used. Hallelujah. You probably get it for a penny. And then pay $3.99 shipping. So it only costs you $4. Hallelujah. Praise God. I buy a lot of books used and pay the $3.99 shipping, and I still came out ahead. Hallelujah. Not from Word of Life, but hallelujah. Maybe we'll have that book someday, but it's not a mini book. It's, it's bigger than a mini book. I think they call it a pocket or size or something. Anyway, so we're redeemed from poverty. We're redeemed from sickness and we're redeemed from spiritual death. We've been freed from the curse of poverty. That means we've been freed from lack. We've been freed from deficiency. We've been freed from not enough when we've been freed from shortage. Hallelujah. 
God supplies, we were just read it, God supplies all of our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You say, well, I don't have as much overflow as I want. I have, my needs are met and we get everything we need truly, but I need, I need, I want overflow. That's what faith is for and that's what sowing seed is for. We don't, we tithe, but that's not the same as sowing. The tithe has specific blessings that go with it. We're not taking time to read them tonight, but you can read in Malachi, the blessings of the tithe. I want those blessings. Hallelujah. Then you can go over and read the, the blessings of sowing seed. Hallelujah. The blessings of sowing seed get you into that overflow. Uh, hallelujah. That's how you get things done. You need to, you know, uh, if you have something to sell, you know, we've never sold or bought anything. We didn't have to sow a seed to get it done. Recently, we were trying to sell something, and I just was quickened. I kind of forgot, and I was quickened one night, sow a seed. And so I sowed a seed. So when you want to buy something, sow a seed. When you need to sell something, sow a seed. And do your, sow your best seed. Don't give God a dollar and say, now I want to buy a new Mercedes, Lord. You're going to have to up the ante. But one of the things sowing the seed does doesn't get you the Mercedes. It gets you, it opens those doors of wisdom and opens those doors where you see what you need to see. Hallelujah. Uh, it's always worked that way for us where we sow to seed, to sell a house or to, to buy a house or whatever. Uh, so uh, we're redeemed from paycheck to paycheck. We're redeemed from just barely getting along. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And that rich is in every area. We should not just, it's not just a lot of money. It's rich in relationships, rich in, in our marriages. Not an old bad marriage. I tell you what, that is not rich. Hallelujah. Not problems with the in-laws. That's not rich. Hallelujah. Although I do believe there's certain people Jesus couldn't get along with. <laughs> You've never met any of those, but we've met a few. Hallelujah. But, you know, the Bible truly does say that if you your ways please God, He'll make even your enemies to be at peace with you. They may not love you, but they'll shut their mouth and be at peace. Hallelujah. I believe that. And we've really never had problems in those areas. I mean, not everybody's ever done, always done everything we liked. but uh, And, you know, uh, if you carry yourself in a certain way, in Christ, people back away, you know. And some of my thinking folks, I, I'll tell you honestly, they're afraid to cross me. And I like it that way. And I'm not talking about Eric and Colin and, you know. Although I like to keep them a little afraid. No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't want my kids to fear me. But I do want them to respect me. And I have been known, if I, if I felt like even at their age they weren't respecting me, I'd let them know. I would. They don't do that. Eric's so respectful. Very respectful. Uh, Colin is like me. He's opinionated, and he has been known to... So, so, but, but I just let him know in a nice way, and we keep loving each other. But, uh, uh, and I don't allow the grandkids to disrespect me or pastor if they're with us. I try to give their parents the first opportunity to correct them, and if they don't do it, if they're in my house, we will do whatever's necessary. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, and we don't beat them in front of their parents, but we will call them down if that's if that's necessary. And I have swatted one one time in my house. 
Only one of them, one time, I swatted on the rear. And uh, hallelujah. But my grandmother, now she had uh, a little board that hung on her uh, wall, and it said it was called a fanny paddle. It had it wrote on there, and it was for taming wild horses, and it said that, and and unruly women, and and uh, and then you know, and then it had something about kids, and she would use it liberally on the grandkids, especially the boy grandkids, and uh, they were ringtail tutors, I can tell you. So, <laughs> so anyway, so uh, hallelujah, blessing makes rich, had no sorrow with it. Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Let's go to verse. One of Deuteronomy 28. I just, you know, I, you, you get, this is a buffet tonight. It is a buffet. But I figured, hey, we got the youth in here. We won't have them in here forever, probably. They might be in some other class or whatever. So I figure I need to tell them what I know right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Pam said, thank you. She's thanking me for it. No, she really said, thank you, Jesus. She didn't say, hallelujah. Hey, Deuteronomy 28.1, It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all His commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings, say blessings, blessings. shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. You know, I wrote in my margin here, to agree with it. We have to agree with the blessing for these things to come on. <coughs> tickle, go away. In Jesus' name, I had a little, had a little tickle. I think it was sheetrock from the building. Got a little sheetrock this afternoon. Hallelujah. The Lord thy God will set thee on high. Okay, the blessing. Agree with it. Agree with the blessing. You can't be saying things that disagree. We're broke. That disagrees with the blessing. We can't afford that. That disagrees with the blessing. Well, it'll take us 10 years to ever get this paid off. That's disagreeing with the blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Poor as Job's turkey. Anybody ever heard everybody say that? So poor I can't pay attention. You know, uh, <laughs> what else? But just little things that disagree with the blessing. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. So coming and going, you're blessed. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing, the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, a commanded blessing Amen. on thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand to. Now that storehouses could be your bank accounts. Hallelujah. In this case, it's talking about their barns and Places, you know, where they kept their cattle and their seed. But now, mostly, this, this was written to an agrarian society, but not, mostly now, all of our seed is, is financial seed, mostly. Not anybody in here, I don't think, has any seed. Hallelujah. You might have a flower seed or something, but... <sighs> the Lord shall establish thee a holy people. Hallelujah. 
I, I missed verse 8, but hallelujah, you'll get it. Let me see. Let's start covering some of these and going over them. In uh, verse 2, all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. The Brenton translation says, all these blessings shall come upon you and shall find you. I like that. I like that. That's good. The H-E-B, the Hebrew says, excuse me, the H-E-B is the Hebrew. The, he the Hebrew says, will reach you. All these blessings will reach you. Hallelujah. Verse 8, that was where it says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. The Amplified, uh, no, the, the message says, God will order a blessing on your barns and workplaces. I love that. On your workplace. See, we have that Joseph anointing. How do I know we have a Joseph anointing? Because the anointing Joseph had was the anointing of Jesus, the anointing of Christ. He didn't have some separate anointing, and so we have that same anointing inside of us, so we have the Joseph anointing. So wherever he went, whether it was in the prison, the prison started being a blessing. When he went to be the, the uh, uh, what was he in e Egypt? The prime minister of Egypt, Egypt starts prospering. So in your workplace, at the, the place you work and do medical stuff, they're going to be blessed because of you. Hallelujah. The place, Mercedes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did y'all know that all of Mercedes, Germany and all, is, placed, been, is being blessed? Because uh, 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 Lisa is there and uh, uh, McGee, what? Walter, I was trying to call him Charles or something. But anyway, they're there and Mississippi State is, uh, no, not Mississippi State. That was in the past. They're not blessed now. Oh, isn't that unfortunate? <laughs> Hallelujah. No, surely there's a Christian there working in the, uh, she rolled her eyes. She didn't know much, no, so there's got to be one. Hallelujah. And, um, but the Mississippi College for Women is blessed. Hallelujah. Because the Smiths are there and Lowe's is blessed and prospering. I believe things just function better there because you're there. And Walgreens, because of, uh, of, uh, Hallelujah. Nicole, I'm going to get this. And Helm Accents because of Rita. Isn't that true? And these elementary schools are prospering because of Leanne. And Dixie whatever is prospering because of Laquina and Dunn. We know Dunn's prospering because, listen, they proved it. They's like, you got to come back. We're losing customers. They're going somewhere else because they want you. Hallelujah. University of Alabama prospering because of the bakers and the no-dines and, and whoever else is uh, involved in that. Hallelujah. Praise God. The blessing is working. And Eric Coral's prospering because I know that's true because they came back after him. He, went, he worked for him, then he went off to another company and worked, and they came back after him. So I know Coral is prospering because of Eric. And First Federal Bank because of Anita. Hallelujah. And she's a rock star there. I mean, they, they kiss her feet every day at that bank. Hallelujah. Praise God. She has favor. You need to believe for it. Believe for it. Hallelujah. You know what? Sometimes it's, it's easier to believe for the blessing and to over, overcome evil with good. That's what I'm trying to say. If there's something bad, instead of fighting the bad all the time, overcome evil with good. Start spreading the blessing. Hallelujah. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. Now, there's two meanings to that. 
One meaning is the gift inside of you will make room for you. Hallelujah. Another meaning is buy a gift. He had a... Uh, he had a drill sergeant. He had a warden that stood outside his office and answered the phone. And you didn't talk to him in, in any way. Now, am I telling you the truth? I'm telling you, you couldn't get through her. You couldn't get through her to talk to him. Never. never, never. We, we've sat for months before trying to get through her to talk to him. She didn't let anybody through. And uh, so, uh, I mean, I got to talk to this man. Pastor, we got to talk to you. You know, here we moved to Alabama and uh, we're traveling and we got all these things. We got to talk to this man. So you know what I did? I, God, gave, God told me to. I went to Parisian and I bought a $300 Ralph Lauren purse and had it gift wrapped and called her and delivered it to her house. And guess what? Doors just will open in all sorts of ways. Was it a bribe? Not exactly. It was just Bible. Your gift will make room for you. And, you know, the doors, we, we, you know, hallelujah. Have a good motive and a good heart and try prayer first, you know. <laughs> and don't go to Walmart and buy a purse because it might slam harder. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Thank you, Jesus. I don't like to think of it that way, Carla. <laughs> hallelujah, that's funny. Uh, okay, uh, well, I figured she needed to reap. She had sowed a lot. I really do. I'm not ashamed of this. I, God spoke it to me. Hallelujah. It does, it does open doors even in the Christian world. Hallelujah. Uh, the CEV, uh, something century version. The Lord your God is giving you the land and He will make sure you are successful in everything you do. He will make sure you are successful. Verse 11, that's the one that says, I don't think we read it. The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The message, God will lavish you with good things. The Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity. That's the Amplified. The, the BBE, I can't remember what that is. The Lord will make you fertile in every good thing. The revised English version, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Verse 12, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the works of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. That's verse, well, that was verse, uh, what was that? 12, okay. Uh, the message, God will throw open the doors of His sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule. Hallelujah. You know, the, the people that are in drought need to get a hold of these promises and these blessings. You have to agree with the blessing. If you talk drought all the time and talk about, you know, then you're, and, and you don't call on the blessing. It, it's... It, it's um, it's not enough to just pray, oh, God, send rain. But find the promises and stand on the promises. Hallelujah. Own schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will lend to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. The Amplified, the Lord will open to you His good treasury. The New Living Translation, the Lord will send rain at the proper time from His rich treasury in the heavens and will bless the work you do. Treasury in the Hebrew is depository or armory. The BBE, he will open his storehouse in heaven. The century version, the Lord will open the storehouses of the skies. 
Let's make this confession together tonight, and we'll be through. Say, I am walking in the fullness of the blessing, fully furnished and liberally supplied. Fill to the top, nothing wanting. Fill to the brim, nothing lacking. Say, my ship is full and overflowing. The blessing has come to me. The blessing has overtaken me. I am walking in the superabundant, exceeding excess, the fullness of the blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I forgot to tell you what Brother Hagin said. I got off on something else. Now, Brother Hagin always said, if you were believing for a particular amount, say to pay your tax bill. That's where I got, and then I got all over on other things. But say you needed, let's say, just say you needed $1,000 because the accountant figured yours up and said, now you withheld, but you need $1,000 more to go with this in order to make Uncle Sam happy. And let's just say you had that need. And so Brother Hagen always said, when you're believing for a certain amount, always believe for a little bit extra. Say, say, so say, Lord, I just believe you and I believe I receive $1,000 to pay these taxes. And I know that you supplied supernaturally your taxes and Peter's taxes in a, through a coin and a fish's mouth. And so I thank you you're supernaturally supplying to pay my taxes. So I believe you right now for $1,000 and a little bit extra. And one thing you need a little bit extra for, you never need money to come in just the exact amount because you always are supposed to tithe on it. Anything that's increased to you is supposed to be tithed on. So that means if you need $1,000, you really need about a hundred and, uh, you need a, what, $1,100. You need, uh, you need, because you need, because otherwise you get $1,000 and the tax bill's $1,000. You're not just going to get to walk in and say, well, we paid Uncle Sam. No, you're going to have to reach back in your bank account and get the $100 to pay on your... Uh, don't give God that excuse. So that's why you always say, a little extra. Hallelujah. You may want to be specific. You may want to say $1,100 and a little extra for Easter dress. Hallelujah. You know, another thing that we were always taught is always... Believe the biggest you can believe. Now, you can't go out beyond your faith. There's no way Rob Lee or Leslie or I'm not going to pick on y'all, but Jessica, Mike, y'all, you can't believe for a million dollars right now because you may not have believed for 10 yet. But if you have, you know, so you got to increase to inherit. It's real easy to say foolish words, but that's foolishness. You know, Fred Price has a book, Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. And that's where faith message and faith churches get a bad name. Is well, I'm believing for a thousand dollars, or like those people over in Clanton. I believe for a new house, and they just found an empty one somewhere and went and moved on in it. Didn't pay any attention that there was clothes hanging in the closet. Don't know how they got the door open, but that really happened in Clanton. Really, truly happened. <laughs> I don't know, but I know they took their pastor out there. And he was like, oh my gosh, get me out of here because I'm going to be in jail for this. If And uh, they took him out there and said, Pastor, come out. We want you to see your new house. We want you to show you, we want to show you our, our new house. That's foolishness. 
And then, so we don't want to be foolish. And so I'm believing for a million dollars. That's foolish if you've never believed for 10. Hallelujah. So believe God, but, but it's foolish also to not be believing God for anything. So I would, every one of you need to be believing God for something financially. Even if you have no other purpose for it, then you said, well, I want to sow a seed. That's a good purpose. Hallelujah. I want to sow a seed. I want to help buy the new, uh, what are we going to buy that playground equipment? Hallelujah. For the kids out behind the new church is a big playground. And so we're going to buy some fancy playground equipment. Hallelujah. So that's a good investment because they prove statistically that investing in children, investing in youth are good investments for a church. It's a good investment where God is concerned. You know, He likes it when you take care of the children. I don't think He likes it when churches don't have things for the children and don't have class for the children. And, you know, I know that Anita told me that's typical in country church. Country church, and I didn't know this, but she was raised up in the country. And country church, the kids just come in there with the parents. and Huh? And I didn't. And walk around. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm not for country church. Even if I lived in the country, it's like... We need something for the kids. We need to feed them. You know, Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And then he said, feed my lambs. Hallelujah. Praise God. And besides, you don't. Uh, the pastor's supposed to equip the congregation to do that. There are people in every church that have a call to children. God does not leave churches without people to do those things in the ministry of helps. He doesn't. They're there. Sometimes it's in raw form, like a diamond looks like a lump of coal. Hallelujah. You may look like a lump of coal, but there's a diamond there, and we've been working on it. We've been chipping on you, and somebody chipped on us until, you know, and even, you know, and the one thing about God, He starts you before the diamond's completely showing. I know He did us. We were still about three-quarters coal, and He just put us in the ministry, and that'll chip on you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That'll chip it off. That'll get it off fat because you'll be like desperate crying out to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, Pastor, we're ready to receive the offering. Hallelujah. Because we have super abundance and over excess and hallelujah. And we love to sow because we know the harvest is coming back.